Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Highland Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Trace Redmond and Ava Redmond, R&D brewer and in marketing for Asheville's Highland Brewing. We're going to talk about experimental brewing, what it's like to be an older, well-established brewery in a very competitive market, and, of course, the latest beers from Highland Brewing. Trace, Ava, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. We appreciate it. And we have Becky Smalls here with us, yes. Brian. Yes, I'll, I'll come here We too. can't forget Becky Smalls. I've been forgetting <laughs> Smalls lately. Did I need to start introducing her as well? So <laughs> we'll, we'll be figure, nice. We're not, we're not used. To, she's been here in the studio with us. Yeah. And we're, it's just throwing, it's confusing. I'm used to her being on the road. That's just, okay. Yeah. Next, next yeah. week I'll be on the road. You're on the road so. again. Okay. will okay. be the boys club. Well, yes. we'll try and make sure to remember you the rest of the show. That's what you're going to remember me. And That's, Smalls is and sweet. No, she's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trace, we're getting started here. We're getting to some of the beers. Thank you so much. We've got a good lineup here to drink from. But we started off with your Give Them Hellas, Kate, right? Is that Kate or Katie? Katie. Katie, can you tell us about this one? Um, yeah, this is uh, one of, so we do a brewery series through our pilot room just to keep things uh, fresh for the brewing team and also to get new beers, new ideas, stuff like this. Um, so Katie Smith, who's um, a brewer at Highland, wanted to do a uh, German beer after she got back from her, um, she got a scholarship to go to Germany on a Pink Boots trip. So she was there for about two weeks and I asked her to brew a beer and she said she wanted to brew either a Helles or a Rausch beer. So it was like, go for the Hellas. Go for the Hellas, yeah. So it's all um, all German ingredients. It's a uh, Weirman malt. It was um, she went to um, the malt house at Weirman. Um, so it's Bark Up Hills, which is a heritage variety, and it's just a really beautiful Hellas. Um, we brewed it four times now. So it went from pilot. We did another pilot batch, and this is a bigger system batch. Um, it's like a bigger pilot batch. It's a fifty barrel batch that we did for the tasting room only because it was so popular. So very cool. It's quite tasty. Yeah. It's nice. Ava, are you involved with the Pink Boot Society? I am. Yeah. You Katie do? is our chapter president okay. um, or co-president, uh, but I'm certainly a member. She what? makes great events. Now, I've heard, uh, I'm familiar with Pink Boot Society, and I know it's uh, women in craft beer, but what is the main goal of Pink Boot Society? Uh, it's for the, the education and promotion of women within our industries and an opportunity for women in the brewing industry in production, front of house, marketing, to find common ground, uh, to network, and to educate themselves and to learn. So the scholarship program is really the thrust of it. Um, that I mean, that trip to Germany is really an exciting opportunity where they meet with female brewers over in Germany. They have the opportunity to participate in um, 
I think she said she was in a Brewers parade at one point. Sounds which like is my kind of cool. place. Yeah, I sure mean, enough. That's German culture for you. That uh, is pretty darn <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so it's a really great opportunity to learn more and to advance ourselves within the industry. That's that's great. I've seen a lot of the uh, activities around around Atlanta, around Georgia yeah. for Pink Boots. And I know they do the, the beers a lot of times. There's a certain time where they do a lot of collabs and we'll see a lot of them out there. So it's pretty cool stuff. Becky, have you done any of the Pink Boots events here? No, I haven't, but I need to. I okay. need to get involved in this. Get you hooked up. There, get you sent over sure. to Germany. Start brewing yeah. beer over there. Yeah. So, Brian, uh, another busy week for us, as always. We did some drinking. You know what? I'm going to go right into my favorite part of the week. We started something new this week, Brian. We're doing Twitter polls. So we take a little question, we throw it out there on Twitter, and see what the masses think. Now, this could evolve. Since this is our first week, I'm sure this will evolve. But this was something you and I have debated before, as we often do, have differing opinions on many things. But uh, coffee beers, Trace. We were talking about coffee beers and light coffee beers. Oh, perfect. I am of the mindset that a cream ale is the best lighter beer for a coffee beer. Brian is team Kolsch. He thinks a coffee Kolsch is is the place to be there. Though I could be uh, persuaded to go coffee blonde because I've had some very, very persuasive coffee blondes from a local brewer. So. But yes, I had a, uh, a coffee colch when I was over in, in Las Vegas and absolutely loved it. And it was one of the finer coffee beers I've had in a while. So Good stuff. Okay. You only like this because this went your direction, I think. <laughs> well, that doesn't hurt, Brian. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. I think hurt. that's so, it. Twitter spoke, and uh, per Twitter, 57% of people say <laughs> the cream ale. So it was still close, Brian. 57 to 43 yeah, uh, yeah. for the cream ale to the colch. So it sounds like people enjoy both of those. But the fact that I was right... It is nice. It's really nice. It's icing on top of the cre- coffee cream the ale. The coffee yeah. cream ale, yeah. So, uh, Trace, if you had to choose, Kolsch or cream ale, which think, one would be your choice? I think I'd probably go Kolsch. Nice. You know what, I really like this I guy, too. I don't, I don't really, know about him. I really I'm just like not this sure. guy. Yeah. So. I, I think he's on point. He's an R&D brewer. He knows what he's he talking knows his about. Stuff. He's tested things, too. Yeah. Tested things. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, outside of that, Brian, we went around. We had some Hattie B's. Oh, yeah. And for those who are not familiar with it, Nashville Hot Chicken, that uh, they just came to Atlanta not too crazy long ago. What, six months or so, maybe? Yes. Uh, yeah. But my first time making it out there, I had a Wild Heaven Emergency Drinking Beer with it, a good one. That was some tasty chicken for National Fried Chicken Day. That's right. It was National Fried Chicken Day. Tropicalia goes really nicely with that. An IPA yeah. and hot chicken, that was pretty tasty together. Pretty good pairing yeah. there. Yeah. So, and then we wanted, we were feeling lagers, lager pills or something along those lines. We went down to Hapeville, Georgia. Swung by Arches Brewing and sat there and drank a few of their beers. Lloyd's, which is a light lager that they've done with a local restaurant uh, to give them a craft offering. And a Bohemian Riot. Riot. Yeah. Their Pilsner. They, released. they just released really that. Good. Yeah. I had a, uh, a zero zero North, uh, New England IPA there, and I thought that was very good. It was probably one of the, the better hot beers I've had from them. It, it, they specialize in lagers. Yeah, because that's like not that, their but... thing. They're doing the, the crispies. But that was there. really good. Yeah, they're crispy boys down there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we also made a stop over at uh, From the Earth, uh, local, uh, I guess, brew pub, I guess is the way you'd put it. Uh, Went through a bunch of things. Of course, I had the Coffee Cosmonaut and was very much in love with that. But uh, they had a bunch of fun things out there. We had that Mango Habanero Bulls on Parade, which I think that was... was Wasn't that a Berliner with a a treatment of extra... It was a Berliner Mitschus. It was Mitschus. Yeah, they had this special syrup that they poured in it, just like they might do in... uh, Germany, except that was how we have an that. arrow there. Oh, it was, it was. That was very tasty. You know, Tim, I think it's time for the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the truck and tap beer of the week. Woo-hoo! 
craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, we got a great selection. Plenty of Highland beers here. We got a good selection to get through. Uh, really looking forward to it. As we mentioned, we just uh, had their Hellas Lager. We have their Slow Crush, which is, what do you call the Slow Crush? A Tart Spritz Ale? Spritzer Ale? Tart Spritz Ale. Tart Spritz Ale. So we're going to check that out. We have Highland Star Chaser. Uh, a couple of experimental beers and other stuff we may get into. So plenty to choose from. Brian. A lot, yes. Yeah. So, Brian, what is happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. So I got a serious case of deja vu when I read this story I'm about to tell you about. Apparently a new study, and I'm telling you a new study, says that moderate alcohol alcohol consumption may lead to longer life. I Have we never heard this before ever? Anyway, so I feel like I've heard it before, but I like good news, so I'm, re- I'm going to repeat it. Uh, the Health and Retirement Study collected data from nearly 8,000 adults, interviewing them twice a year from 1998 to 2014. They broke them up into categories, like non-drinkers, lifetime non-drinkers, people who are just abstaining right now, moderate and occasional, and then heavy drinkers. And the results showed that moderate and occasional drinkers had lower death rates than non-drinkers across the board. For reference, that means people who drink like maybe one one beer uh, a week to up to one or two beers a day. So in that range. Where do you fall in that range? Eh, I like to say heavy moderate. Heavy moderate. <laughs> heavy moderate. Super heavy moderate. So uh, the, uh, the current non-drinkers had the highest death rates of all the participants surveyed. Of course, the study also said the death rates could have been higher for the current non-drinkers because they may be abstaining because they already have declining health. So it's hard to say. But uh, some moderate drinking seems like it's the way to go when yeah. it comes to beer and long life. Everything in moderation, Brian. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's safe to say. So the 2019 U.S. Beer Open, Champ- Open Championship has named their Grand National Champion, and the winner is Sun King Brewery from Indianapolis, Indiana. They won an impressive three gold medals and three silver medals. And uh, in second place was Seattle's Rubens Brewing with four gold medals. And in third place, Atlanta's very own Monday Night Garage with two gold medals and two silver medals. Good stuff, Brian. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Highland Brewing. Line Creek Brewing is turning one, and they're throwing a huge party to celebrate. Join the fun Saturday, August 3rd at their tap room in Peachtree City. Enjoy 20 beers on tap, special beer to go, live music, and awesome food trucks. Go VIP and get free beer pours, a souvenir glass, and a special bottle to take home. Get tickets now for $40 at the tap room. VIPs get in at noon, and free general admission opens at 2 p.m. Come help Line Creek celebrate their first year, Saturday, August 3rd, at their tap room in Peachtree City. See you there. As a brewery owner or taproom manager, are you looking for ways to enhance your customer experience while maximizing your revenues? Craft Cellar is a mobile solution that helps your brewery drive sales and attract new customers through online pre-sales for beer releases, events, and memberships. Get details now at craftseller.com. Mention Beer Guys Radio after sign-up and extend your free trial to a full 30 days. Remember, craftseller.com, C-R-A-F-T-C-E-L-L-R.com.
Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You passed out cigarettes for a smoke on on Earth Day. You installed speed bumps on the handicapped ramp. And most recently, you dumped 100 pounds of meat on a peaceful vegan protest. Oh, come on. That was way more than 100 pounds. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. Now more from Ava and Trace from Highland Brewing. Now, Trace, I looked I looked up some info on your background, and you've got a pretty varied background, right? I think uh, some gardening, some biology, uh, brewed at Founders, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's are you Are you a Michigan man? Um, I lived in Michigan for probably eight or nine years. Okay. Um, Originally from Pennsylvania, but All right. I've come to love the mitten. The mitten. The, the mitten. mitten. We're a fan of a lot of the beers up there, for sure. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Kosmicki on not long ago. Jeremy Kosmicki from uh, from Founders there. So yeah, Jerry's great. That was a, We had a great conversation. That was a lot of fun. We made fun of Canadians, so it was just a good time. <laughs> <Perfect>. But <laughs> Your background, uh, you'd worked as a, a chef, gardening, all that. How much of your background comes into your brewing? Um, I'd say a fair bit. Um in terms of like more outside of the box beers or ingredients and stuff like that, I tend to look more towards culinary and um, I really like pastries. Um, so like pastry chefs pastry stouts, and see what they're doing. And um, also bartenders. Um, I just think the way that um, people like chefs and uh, bakers can combine ingredients and quickly see how things go come together um, is a great place to look for inspiration plus who doesn't want to go eat some pastries sure or drink them get, get yeah, your exactly. style so is there any pastry inspired beer that you've wanted to brew that you haven't got a chance to do yet um not yet but i'll probably think of something okay. right after this of course right yeah. <laughs> of course we'll update it later <laughs> great time to be into pastries because pastry pastry stouts are huge do you think that's something that's kind of on the rise still or is that starting to level out because i know it's been a a massive thing for a couple of years now it's hard to tell but um at least for for us and for me it's something that i continue to be interested in and and think there's a lot more ground to explore so and um we work with um we've been working with french broad um chocolate in Asheville to do some of their um i guess they're not pastries but they make a bunch of bonbons um and so we've been doing beers that are um that are kind of patterned and trying to imitate their bonbons. So we did a, a Earl Grey truffle stout. We did a, hmm. one of their raspberry truffle stouts. I guess, I guess they're bonbons thing or whatever. But, you know, the little chocolate things. Um, so that's been – we've done some pistachio stuff, some different stuff with cardamom, and um, it's a lot of fun. And it's, um, it's fun to talk to those guys and see how they use those ingredients and oh, kind sure. of um, think about how to add it into beer. Did you pair the beers with the bonbons and see how they played together? Of course. Oh, how yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a brewery here that did stouts, and they, they collaborated with, uh, is it Bissell that does the, the maple syrup? Am I making I The Bliss maple right. syrup? Oh, yeah. Else? Yeah. Oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But they had maple. They Anyhow, they collaborated with a local uh, gelato place and did different ice creams that each had the same flavor profile as the stouts. That that kind of stuff was always fun to see mm-hmm. how those flavors translate over. And I'm all about bonbon beers. Pastry stouts, yeah. bonbon beers. 
I'm down. Now, I, I know a brewer locally to us here in Atlanta had great success using tea in a beer. Have you experimented a lot with tea? I, I, I heard that you said something about mixing Earl Grey in with chocolate. Have you done some other things with that, or is that kind of the first first bit of testing with that you've done? Um, I've done a couple different things, but um, that one's kind of been the biggest and most successful. Um, tea's a, a fun thing to play with, and um, but you can kind of go overboard, I think, it's pretty intuitive in terms of how you use it because you can pretty much just make tea in the whirlpool. Um, but yeah, it's a fun thing. They can be hit or miss. Like the yeah. the very popular tea beer here, I'm not a huge fan of. No, I, just, I don't care for it yeah, either. I just don't like the way those notes play. And I like Earl Grey tea. Mm-hmm. Fine, I just don't care for. But we had a stout that they made. They did with I think it was Vietnamese black tea. I remember oh. Scales gave it, to, and I forget which one, but it was I can't remember either. seriously one of the best stouts I ever had because the tea in there was just kind of a finishing note. Like if you were looking for it, you're like, yeah, there's a little black tea, you know. So that was that was a lot of fun enjoying that. So Highland Brewing, 25 years old, one of the the old school in craft beer. We were talking mm-hmm. about it before we got on the air. You know, it's uh, uh, Ava. You mentioned, hey, we've done our 25 years, and we're looking at what the next 25 is going to hold. So we got to kind of ponder and. A 50-year-old craft brewery. And in mm-hmm. America, you know, in Europe, that's no big deal. But over here, that's that's crazy stuff. So what is it like brewing for a 25-year-old established brewery and kind of keeping up with uh, the new kids? Most of the time, it's fun. It's definitely challenging. Um, we have, a, like you said, we have a lot of history. So um, trying to do new things, but also, like, to keep it within uh, the bounds of what Highland beer is and what it means to make make the beer so that they all kind of fit together is something that I think about a lot. Um, so not going way too far out there that it, that the beers don't seem like they're coming from the same brewery. Um, so it's it's fun. It's a it's it's um, an evolution. Um, and I think specifically in the past three years, we've kind of with the brand refresh. Um, We've gone through this process of we're a 25-year-old brewery, but we're also kind of the youngest, oldest brewery, you know? Okay, right. Because um, um, we've been reinventing ourselves and, and um, working with, uh, like, the thought of, like, who, who are we and what does it mean to make beer now? And what does it mean to be Highland and make Highland beer? So um, that's pretty key to, to keeping competitive in this market is, is balancing, maintaining what you have, but adding new interesting things that don't stray too far from what what your brand is is that kind of the key to it yeah i mean if we went out and made totally different like we changed our whole whole portfolio and made totally different beers then we'd alienate everybody that was drinking our beer and we don't want to do that um but we also want to um keep making new things and and uh, getting new people interested in it so it's it's kind of a balance it's definitely a balancing act um and sometimes um, we're really lucky that we have our uh, tasting room and, and we do a lot of pilot beers. So we did like 90-something pilot beers last year. And so we can kind of judge and see where that line is. And it's like, oh, that one went over the line. And this one is kind of pushing it. And this one is within it. We've gone too far. Yeah. we got to turn Uh-oh. back. I want to know about the beers that went too far. <laughs> Brian, Tell me about those, those beers because I'm, I'm definitely that guy, the, the too far beers. Um, we did a, a smoked mango wheat beer. That's not a good idea. Okay. Um, really? Okay. I mean, it sounds like it sounds has, has potential. I would think. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just church. Sure, sure. Probably not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you don't know till you try, right? Mm-hmm. Are there along that those lines? You do a lot of experimentation. Are there any particular ingredients that you've tried and you said, "Hey, 
this is not this ingredient's not worth using. It's just not going to pan out for us ever. I mean, obviously that you say a smoked mango is probably never going to work yeah. out for you. Are there other ones like that? I probably want to smoke fruit too much. Smoke fruit. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> otherwise, because um, some fruits in general, like they're really light and they're such a pain to get the flavor to get into the beer. You have to have just a ridiculous tonnage of them into it. That I think some people just shy away from it, or I guess they use puree or something. I don't know. I'm not a brewer. I think clove is something. It's not that you can't use ooh, it, but ooh, it's like ooh. there's like it's not ingredients that you um, maybe can't use. It's just like they scare me. If Super that makes sense. sparing with that. Coming like, soon from Highland, a <laughs> durian and clove IPA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sponsored by uh, Jarum, you know. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's you know that's something I was thinking about. You know, being a 25 year old brewer, and we've talked about if you're part of the craft beer scene, you know, quote unquote, or you're on the beer forums, everybody rambles about the latest, the greatest and newest. These guys are hot. They're doing, you know, the double dry hop Northeast IPAs and that. But when I go around to established breweries and talk to them, they may do that style of beer and those may sell well, but that's not the one that's buttering their bread, so to speak. You know, it's the, it's the stable, their stable classics are like this beer, 60% of our sales. You know, you may hear, 20 times more about this beer that's hot, new, and cool, but the drinking beers are the ones that people are coming back to. So I guess that's the kind of what you said. You know, you've had people that have been drinking some of your beers for 20-plus years. Uh, you know, you don't want them to come in and find totally new experience there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we took away all their favorites. Now they're... Take that. Yeah, no, definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back soon with more from Highland Brewing. This is Mark Logos with Old Nation Brewing Company. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Is your brewery or restaurant pouring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Shake it back! Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, KBDB HD3 96.7 FM in Forks, Washington. Catch Beer Guys Radio on KBDB every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Now let's get back to our talk with Highland Brewing Company. Trace, we have just got into a beer we've enjoyed before, actually, the, the Slow Crush Tart Spritz Ale. 
And uh, we were talking about the the spices in that earlier. Brian had asked about adjuncts and spices and that. And you mentioned this one's got a little a little bit of fun to it, correct? Uh, yeah, it's got uh, gentian root, chinchona bark, and hibiscus in terms of spices. I guess roots are spices. And actually, before we came here, we just got done grinding uh, some of those. And so... The gentian root, um, if you've had orange bitters, like Angostura, it kind of smells a little bit like that, um, that like herbal uh, quality to it. Um, but it's a root. So pretty much you need like... A grinder? Yeah, a grinder. So, no. <laughs> so, sort of grinder. Like a mortar, a mortar and pestle type of thing? Or are we talking like, like a coffee chipper. grinder? A wood chipper. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we tried all kinds of different grinders. We tried a burr grinder, like a coffee grinder. We tried, okay. you know, your your standard grind. Um, the blade, the, like the blade, blade grinder. grinder. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm good at words right now. How was but. the coffee that you after brewing that? When you grind the yeah. coffee with that, I'm like a nice it's citrusy nose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but we ended up using uh, getting a garbage disposal and mounting it to a cart. <laughs> okay. And so we soaked the root a little bit to soften it up, and then we put it through this garbage disposal, and it makes like a paste. Um, but it was it took quite a while to get there, and it's kind of a fun. Uh, involved process and something I never thought I was going to do me, when brewing a beer. I want to clarify something here, Trace. The beer I'm drinking was processed through a garbage disposal. Is that correct? Um, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> it, but was, it was new. It was brand new garbage disposal. It was yeah. pre-drain port for your <laughs> convenience. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> right. I know what you're talking about over there, Ava. <laughs> it technically is something in a drain. I mean, you guys started it. It's the Root Grinder 3100. There you go. Absolutely. Well, you know, something, uh, reading up on it uh, when we tried it last time, uh, I expected this to be more bitter because, you know, you've got bitters in there. And th I think both of those herbs are known for um, imparting bitterness, oh, right? absolutely. If you yeah. if you put gentian root in your mouth, your mouth is bitter for half an hour at least. Um, that was part of the fun about this beer is it's like hops. There's different bitterness with diff different hops and different applications and stuff like that. But um, there's also there's a wider world of bitterness out there. Um, and so this beer showcases the herbal bitterness from the chinchona bark um, and gentian root. And chinchona bark is in tonic water, so it's that kind of quenching bitterness in that. Yep. And yep. so with this, you get you get a little bit of the hot bitterness, but it also has that herbal bitterness, which makes it, very, in my opinion, very uh, quenching and very um, just drinkable. Yeah, the fruity floral way. note there that you get in the kind of palate, you know, the quenching, like you said, it's a... So how do you know? Sipper. How do you know where to uh, with, with something like this? You're using something that you've never used before. That's probably not very commonly used, and and we know that you know the the crazy idea is to pull them off. A lot of times you've got to go very light with your additions of things to to maintain balance. How do you know where to go? How much to use when you're putting together a recipe? Is it just do you have a sense for it? Or are you using some neat equipment that I'm unaware of? Or yeah, we, I just guess. Just guess? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, for this, we put it, we tried, we did a little steep first. How be, like how does it impact to uh, a hot steep? Where do we want to put it? Do we want to put it in the in the hot side and or the cold side? Um, so for, for this, for, for an Aperol spritz, so if you think about the process by which uh, bitters are made, it's an alcohol extraction. Um, and this is is a water uh, extraction in a, at a higher temperature. Um, so basically what we do is make kind of like a tea in the wort in the whirlpool. So we knock down the whirlpool temperature to like 190, which is where you'd get tea. Um, mm -hmm. And then we just kind of played around with it and 
usually start on the on the less side and because you can always add more as you go and kind of get that tweaked but there's no really good way to do it you just kind of have to go for it play for it they finally settled on three garbage disposals <laughs> per barrel per barrel <laughs> so, yeah you yeah. really shouldn't have told us that <laughs> no, it's no it's a good story like i said ingenuity of brewing you do what you got to do to get to get the product where you need it there absolutely and it's tasty you never know brian you really you don't know well, Trace, I want to talk to you some about yeast. This was another thing that we found uh, poking around at your background there, biology background. And you seem to, when we mentioned yeast on the break, you seem to light up a little bit. That I take it that is one of your passions. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the the thing that makes beer beer and and interesting. You make pretty much we make sugar water, um, which is cool. I mean, making sugar water is fine. It's cool. It's all right. Um, but then the, the whole transformative process, the uh, fermentation, the metabolism of, of the yeast that takes that sugar water and makes something delicious, magical, and makes it something more than what it is, um, to me, that's just the best part of it. Yeast is the real hero here. Do you have some favorite yeast varieties, like both obviously ones that you use regularly, but are there ones out there that are just really cool that are harder to use that you really want to do more with? Um, We've used um, uh, Sactois a, a little bit, um, and that one's kind of finicky. Um, I do tend to gravitate to, like, we've explored probably, I don't know, 50 different oh, 50. Um, okay. variety, or strains of yeast, and um, some of them are easier to use than others. And, and eh, so I kind of, like, swing back and forth in terms of approach to yeast because it's like you have the yeast – um, but then you also have how you treat it, and that very much affects how it performs. So the oxygen levels, the temperature, um, when you pitch it, pitch rate, all that kind of stuff. So you can you can make a lot of different beers with one yeast by treating it differently. And so so there's one part of me that wants to explore all the different yeasts, and then other part of me wants to really dive in with a particular strain and see what we can really get it to do if we like over pitch it a lot and pull back the oxygen or pull down the fermentation temperature and really like kind of get it in get it to the point, um, get it to the boundary of where it's happy and stress it out and see um, if we can get it to to what we can get it to do. Do some weird things. Mm-hmm. How it, many breweries do you think are really capitalizing on that right now as far as, you know, you'll talk to a brewer and they're like, yeah, we use, you know, d- d- what, USO5, just because I can think of that one right now, you know. So they use a, a pretty common ale yeast that doesn't bring a lot to the beer. Uh, but like you talk about pitch rates and different things to get different results out of and we talked to a brewer here who said almost all of his beers he slightly under pitches because he likes the flavor that stress and the yeast you know brings to it um, how many breweries are really going that far to to really check on all of that and to to play on that I guess you don't work at every brewery so you can't tell but uh, do you think brewers are really capitalizing on that as much as they should or could I mean some, some brewers do like, kind of do their thing and other people explore it more um i think for for me personally like um one of the beers that we just had the uh, star chaser white that's a, a good example of of ha- of when we were going through the test batches of that we did four or five different test batches we used different strains but then when we settled on a strain we were like all right well, we're going to ferment it at 70 we're going to ferment it at 60 we're going to try 62 64 um and different oxygen rates and we're going to pull back the oxygen and trying to get that um softness in it and not too spicy and um get a balance so um 
And I think it depends on what kind of yeast you're using too. So like you said, if you're using Kelly yeast and you're all about the ingredients, that's fine. That's one approach. Um, but if you're a Belgian brewery, then maybe you're going to get a little bit. You, you right. have to be more yeah. on the money with your yeast. So, What was the Norwegian strain you just brewed with? Or, oh, um, a Kvik. 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 Oh, yeah. So I, I saw when I was stalking you online that you had done things to improve the the the, the health of the yeast and reduce the amount of time it takes to ferment. How do you how do you go about doing that? What do you ha- do? You have to, you know, whisper to the yeast, play um, some slow jazz. Yeah, or something we have like a, that? a brewer who um, he plays um, uh, the guitar. So every night he sets up his amp and he plays just the yeast. A little so, acoustic set for the so yeast. So we there you go. do that. A little um, slow jazz and, and it just gets it real happy. Um, <laughs> But on a more serious note, we were looking at zinc levels. Um, okay. And in terms wow. of, of how, because zinc is the, it's in the um, alcohol dehydrogenase. It's the metallic, whatever, kind of like iron and hemoglobin. Um, and so if you don't have enough zinc, then you um, don't, that particular pathway. You can't process the uh, the various components yeah. the way you need to. Acetaldehyde into alcohol. I vaguely recall this from a so beer chemistry class that we took. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting stuff. <laughs> yes. man. There's so much more out there you can do to dive into the next level. It's fun Indeed. stuff. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Highland Brewing. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show oh god here we go again dork alert welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons can get some cool perks like beer guys swag commercial free episodes and even bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else i'm talking about a brand new episode of the weird beer news tim up right now for fans on right Patreon. Right now. Right it's this there. very moment. Go yes. get it. Go get it. And you know what, Brian? For less than the cost of one pastry stout or crispy boy or haze boy a month, you can support us on Patreon. I know. And get those bonuses. And episodes. you'll feel so good about yourself, You'll too. feel good. Yeah. We'll feel good. Everybody wins. And we talk about one of my favorite liqueurs. We do. The yes. Yes. <laughs> the Jaeger talk. Deer and a beer. All right. So let's get back to talking Highland Brewing beers. All right. Trace, I want to ask you, can we talk about your Midwest IPA? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I, you I thought you. I set you up yeah, there. There we go. I, was there say, it I is. thought I set you up there. So your Midwest IPA is called You Betcha, right? Uh, what's a Midwest IPA? 
For me, this um, was a beer. It's got a, a selfish thing I made pretty much for myself, uh, reminding me of the beers I drank in Michigan uh, when I lived there. The beers there need a little bit extra just to get you through the winter, um, so it tends to be a little bit more full-bodied. Um, chewy okay. is kind of yeah. a word that that I would use for um, the IPA and a lot of the beers uh, generally in the Midwest. And so it's a um, IPA with citra, um, but the the malt component's still there. It's um, medium full body and um, just kind of a lot of hops, a lot of a lot of malt, and um, um, a good beer. It's tasty. I wouldn't have pegged it like Midwest, but I've never spent much time in the Midwest. But it did kind of it kind of was a what bit of a throwback. So you're saying you wouldn't have pegged it Midwest? I I have to ask, what do you know about the Midwest, and what would you peg as a Midwest? Well, you know what? I spent a little bit of time in Michigan, so anything that had cherries in it, probably, but. Uh, I was thinking it's more of a kind of a throwback to a lot of the beers I had late 90s. Some of the brew pub beers, a little bit more malt, a little more body, because everybody's kind of obsessed right now about, like, super dry. They want super dry. This is not super dry. So it's a quality, I would say quality throwback without meaning any disrespect. Vintage. Not at all. Yeah, vintage. Throwback, vintage. Yeah. All of these things. Good stuff. Exactly. Well, Trace, I do want to talk some more uh, about your, uh, your barrel program. Which is something, and we've got a beer here that kind of uh, spurred this conversation. We have Silver and Steel, a barrel-aged imperial stout, coming in at a respectable 12.8% ABV. Very tasty stuff. Now, the barrel program is something fairly new for Highland. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Um, we started in November 2017 with some of the barrels that actually went into this beer. And we've been slowly building it ever since. Um Focusing on trying to, to make some just very solid um, barrel-aged beer, some imperial stouts, barley wines. We've done some chocolate beers and stuff and, and some more creative stuff as well. But we have our biggest release, our biggest new release coming in December, which is our um, chocolate truffle stout. That one I'm really excited about. Like you said, this was the first beer that we put in, in bottles. So is it mostly at this point like whiskey barrels and uh, bourbon barrels? Are you experimenting with like wine barrels yet or... Uh... I don't know if you mentioned that already, but I figured I'd ask because I do like a, a wine barrel aged beer a lot. Um, mostly whiskey barrels. We have some rum barrels. We did some gin barrels. We have some wine barrels. We actually pulled a beer out of wine barrels today uh, before I came here. Um, so a little bit all over the place, but for the most part, we're trying to do um, more of the uh, traditional quote unquote spirit barrel aged so, um Focusing on the bourbon stuff, which is just, I mean, for me, stuff that I really love. So big bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, um, just done really well with balance, nothing out of place, and uh, not too hot and not too sweet. Um, and so I think the silver and steel really accomplishes that. Right in there, it's it's got like, that balance yeah. right there. Like we were talking about the coconut note mm-hmm. that's on this one, and uh, that's something that you can get either non-existent. Or you taste like you're drinking suntan lotion, basically. And this one's not. The coconut's there. You taste it. You know it's there. Chocolate, coffee tones, and all of that. But uh, a good balance on that one. And then nice and warm. You could drink this one in Michigan, too, if you wanted to. It would keep you warm. This would work. It it would be good. So you did mention uh, gin barrels. And that reminds me of something that I I ran across, which was a gin barrel, uh, barrel barrel-aged Goza. And uh, that... That had spruce tips in it, right? Mm-hmm. And the big question I wanted to ask about that, first of all, that's an that's a interesting idea, but spruce tips, are they a great adjunct or are they just completely overrated? Because they seem like they were really hot for a minute, and I'm not, not sure if they still are. What do you think of those? Um, I've had a lot of good luck with spruce tips. Um, 
they um, you'd think like spruce this is going to be really piney, um, yeah. But they they tend to be very citrusy, um, uh, especially the fresh ones, um, and have a lot of really fresh character to them. Uh, and if you look into the history it goes, um, in Germany coriander is like coriander and salt is kind of what you think, but yeah. um, spruce tips were actually an alternative, um, and so they were used a lot. So it's um, which I didn't really know when I brewed the beer, but then I went back and did some research. I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to do something different, use some spruce tips. And then I was like, oh, well, they've been doing this for 400 years. So. And that's what you tell um, people when they ask you about, oh, yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> of course. Of course. This is the OG way to do <laughs> this. Yeah, exactly. This, we're, we're all over this. That's but right. It turns out to be pretty uh, a pretty traditional um, approach to, to making a goes. And then we added some um, lime zest and fresh limes. And so it, it kind of it has this nice citrusy pop. It's kind of like a, a little bit like a margarita. See, I enjoy, I enjoy gin barrel beers. I think, though, especially with Goza, Saison, something like that, those flavors really play in those beers well. And bringing some citrus to the party, you know, spot on. Those are the botanicals, Brian. Botanicals. In gin yes. play really well with those beers. They do. They do. Yeah, yeah I agree. Stuff. So you know what? We're talking about ingredients. We might as well roll into. You've got a lot of connections with uh, people who supply you grains and things like that. Tell us a little bit about uh, your relationships with those folks. Yeah, I, I think um, for brewers, just like a, a chef or a good chef, um, you're, it's about your ingredients and about your relationship with your suppliers and about the quality of those ingredients. And so... Um, we spend a fair bit of time. Um, we have 20% of our uh, pilot beers are devoted to to um, deepening our relationships with our suppliers and also working with different ingredients. Um, so next week we're meeting with our, our spice supplier, Spice Walla, who part of Chai Penny and Buxton to brew a beer with them. And so we're going to kind of explore the world of spices. Um, for Star Chaser, one of the things, so... So we have coriander from Spicewala in that um, they came out and we did a coriander tasting. So all these different types of coriander that I had no idea that you I had no idea. I didn't either. But Brian and I both made the same move, like There's, different types of coriander. I so, had no okay. idea. We did drink that earlier. The, uh, the was the Star Chaser. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention that, but that coriander heavily featured in that. I had no idea. That's that's intriguing. I guess it's one of those things that if you dive into something, you learn that about because, I mean, some people may not know there were so many different kinds of vanilla, you mm-hmm. know, or just about anything. It's yeah, those, pretty much anything. Yeah, there's different it, types of pepper. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, there are different types of wood, too, Tim. <laughs> not, what? That's right. Are you sure that's about it? Have deep. you verified <laughs> this? Yeah. So. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just guessing. I, I look yeah. outside. The trees look different, Tim. So what I'm kind of salt kinds. is from people that are salty? Well, I, think I like that's a variety. Just plain, variety. It just depends on the day of the salt. week. Yeah, okay. Table salt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Becky is salty with the flair, many different varieties of saltiness. So that has that has uh, glitter in it, like salt I guess plus glitter? Could. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I, it seems like we, we can't not at least mention Cold Mountain and how much we love it. And what have you done as an R&D brewer with Cold Mountain to make keep it uh, festive and interesting and cool? Uh, we did a couple things last year. Uh, we did a barrel-aged Imperial Cold Mountain, um, and then we did a barrel-fermented Cold Mountain. And those were both for on-site. Um, but both the barrel-fermented one, we fermented it in maple barrels. Um, and so that one was was just like a, a fun kind of addition uh, to the whole Cold Mountain festivities. Um, and this year, um, and we do this, we go up to and climb Cold Mountain and get some water from there and pour it in the first batch. So it's a, That's pretty and, awesome. It's a fun tradition, yeah. and I'm looking forward to it. You should tell brew gear up to the top of the mountain and brew a batch on, on, cold on, mountain. on the cold mountain there. 
I'm probably not going to do it. It's well, a, probably, <laughs> probably not. Probably it's, not. It's a hard yeah. hike. I mean, yeah. You can get big, you know, knobby wheels and put them on your brew equipment. I think it'll work. You know, if we do a really, really small batch on, get those rental know. those rental scooters to power it on the way up. I think it'll work for you. We've got this. Yeah, we we want to cover this, by the way. We need to. We do. We yes. want to have it all. BGR out exclusive. So. Yeah. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We've enjoyed your beers here. We've got a couple more we're going to sip on in the after party, Brian. Indeed. We have some Hawaiian lounge juice. That's a Dippa. Is that right? Um, pretty much. We call it extra IPA. It's okay. 8%, um, super fruity. Um, it's just a delicious beer. Oh, good stuff. Well, if people want to find out more about Highland Brewing, what's coming up over the next 25 years, where would they go to do that? They would do that at our website, www.highlandbrewing.com. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much, y'all. We really appreciate it. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Joining us next week, we're going to have Atlanta's own Ale Sharpton. What? Ale is a craft beer man. He is a food man. He's a travel blogger. He recently met his namesake. So we're going to find out what's going on in the life of Ale Sharpton and drink some good beers. Should be an awesome time. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.